Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production, where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. This is Jason Witter, author, illustrator of Tiny East Vampire and Monsters Eating Ice Cream, and you are listening to Aaron's Horror Show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show Season 3, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We're going to go ahead and talk about movies, TV, and read some fiction. If you want to get hold of the show, you can go ahead and go to Facebook.com, Aaron's Horror Show, or you can go to Twitter.com, Aaron Horror Show, or you can go ahead and send us an email at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com. Uh, you can also go ahead and support the show by going to Patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. I have more Orion for you tonight. Alright, so we kind of left off Orion where he's had two lives at this point, and uh, he basically, uh, you know, uh, has to, to kind of go through them, and uh, we'll see what happens next. Uh, one is in the Middle Ages, the other is in uh, in his uh, in Roman times, and... and uh, you know, I'm just going to keep reading. If you want little recaps at the beginning of my reading, let me know if, if, like, you know, the previously on Orion isn't really helping or you don't care for that, too. Just, just let me know. I'm, I'm happy to skip it and just start reading right away. But, you know, I, I figure yeah, it, it, it's a while between listening or maybe you, uh, you, you listen to one, like, if you're like me, sometimes you, you, you go, get a month behind on your podcasting and you're like, wait, wait, I know it was only like two weeks ago, but it was like really a month ago for me. So, you know, uh, but yeah, just let me know if you don't like recaps. I, I could stop doing them, but I'm going to keep doing them for Orion because it's a, it's a little complicated of a story, but uh, it, it's, it's starting to pick up with, especially with this chapter. So I'll just read for you. Life 1.1. At this point, the theme of my existence was apparent. I would die some horrible death and get pumped back out into the universe in another crappy social class where the only choice was whether to drown my sorrows away with ale or lager. The logical conclusion was that I should just find myself in feudal Japan next, where my life would end in, with an encounter with a glorified peasant-killing machine called Samurai. And that was the correct conclusion, somewhat. A samurai did kill me, but that's a tale for another time. The third time the glory of life summoned me back into existence, I was the Roman stable boy again, in the tent of the great Aurelicus. The old coot beckoned me forward. He was the same crusty fellow with white Roman curls. His near-naked women peeled his grapes and fanned him with palm branches and kept the wine flowing. It's a little discombobulated from having just eaten by rats and then thrust into life again. So I stood there, staring like an idiot. He bellowed across the tent. 
Orion, come forth, Orion. I was too confused to respond, and Aurelicus got mad. Orion, I don't have all night. Come here at once, boy. On autopilot, I wandered over to the platform. Master, I sputtered. My mind was a million miles away. I remembered my first life and my second life, but now I was on a third life, and it was the same as the first. Though third wasn't quite the right way to describe it. It was more like the first life, but different. It was life 1.1. One might wonder why I didn't make different choices in 1.1, especially since I knew I would end up as cannon fodder. However, there was no time to think. Orion, get your head out of the clouds and pay attention, Aurelicus yelled. I didn't know what to say. I had been in the tent before and knew what he was going to say next, but I was barely coming to terms with my existence. My discomfort didn't seem to stop him. Orion, my boy, we are living in grave times indeed. The barbarians are at the doorsteps of Rome, and tomorrow the might and the glory of the Roman Empire will be tested. My liege, I began, and was about to comfort him with my throw-up-in-my-mouth worthy words about the resilience of the Roman Empire, but instead I said, uh, can I go to the bathroom? Aurelicus laughed. Oh, my boy, if it were only that simple. Do you know how I got all this? He gestured to the tent of riches and women attending his every need. Uh, you, you took it? I said. That's part of it. The other part is wits, boy. You can feed ten men in battle, but it only takes one tout with you. Remember that your wits are how you'll survive. He then bestowed on me the rank of infantrymen and gave me the speech about the glory of the Roman Empire. I tuned it out and looked towards the tent entrance. If life 1.1 was like one, then a toothless man in shabby clothes would be coming for me any moment to outfit me for my death. I had to think of a way out of it. If I was beginning a second chance, there's no way I was going to spend it dying again in the same pointless battle. Like clockwork, the same toothless guy took me away to get fitted for my armor and weapons. The armor was the same as before. It was way too big and heavy for my scrawny body. The toothless man saw my dress and said, It gets easier the longer you wear it. Can I not wear the armor, I said. Seeing if I could at least change one thing, maybe I could move more freely. I wouldn't get smacked down by a barbarian. It's your funeral, the man said and took the armor back. God, I hated it when people were right. He brought me back over to the weapons tent just like he did in Life 1 and shoved a sword into my hand. It was too heavy and to lift and clunk to the ground. I tried to ask for a smaller one, but he was already shuffling me out the door and directing me towards the soldiers' tents. I dragged my sword through the mud with several breaks towards the soldiers singing jaunty war songs around the fire. They were arshals to me the last time, so I didn't even try to approach them. Instead, I hefted my oversized weapon to the tree that was overlooking a nearby creek. I splashed my face with water and drank. Afterwards, I sank into the trunk and watched the moonlight as I poked through the branches. Now I had time to think. I realized I was in this weird predicament. Life 1.1 and Life 1 were similar. In both, I grew up the son of an aqueduct worker who would tell me stories about the Greeks before I'd drift off to sleep. Actually, didn't even begin to describe it. They were pretty much identical. Here's a memory from Life One about how I was named Orion. Why am I called Orion, Daddy? I had asked while I was drifting off to sleep one late winter night. My dad had pointed the stars outside my window. Do you see those three stars? Those are Orion's belt. The ones up there are his shoulders and head. 
those down there as legs, I named you Orion, so that even when the Senate sends me away to work on the aqueduct in the farthest reaches of the Roman Empire, I can see you in the sky to make sure you are all right. Now compare that memory to what my dad told me in life in 1.1. Do you see those stars? Those are Orion's belt. The ones up there are his shoulders and head. Those down there are his legs. I named you Orion so that even when the Senate sends me away to work on the aqueduct in the furthest reaches of the Roman Empire, I can see you in the sky to make sure you are all right. There's nothing different. It's like the same words. It was as if I was thrust into awareness of my free will at the moment I entered Aurelicus's tent. This brought up an excellent philosophical question about memory in the present. What if the past, for me at least, was everything before the tent was just backstory in the book of my life, and the, the present, the point where I got to make decisions, was my actual life? There had to be a reason why I was given a second chance at life, and it happened to be in the tent of Aurelicus when I was aware that I had a second chance. There must be something I'm here to do. Why else would it be now? Even though I had free will, I could have run away from what seemed to be my death tomorrow. I decided to stay and fight the battle. After deciding to stay, I was able to drift off to sleep. Just like my first life, I had the same vision. It was myself again. I was older and concentrating on something very hard. My hair was cut in the same short and shabby, odd hairstyle. A woman snuck up behind me and kissed my cheek. She was the most beautiful person I'd ever seen, except I had seen her before. She was the princess, except she wasn't wearing princess clothes. She wore the same strange clothes I was wearing. It began to rain. I should have remembered that. Fucking nature. Next day, I once again faced my immediate horrible death from a horde of snarling, angry barbarians. I was in the same line of servants, squires, and stable boys who were called to battle. Behind us were the men, the real infantrymen, who locked into a tortoiseshell configuration. The army across the way was made up of the same large men in fur hides, screaming at us and swinging battle axes menacingly. Here was my time to do something different. Without my armor, I should have been able to keep up with the charge towards the barbarian horde with the rest of my doomed compatriots. Judging by the way the tortoiseshell trampled me in the last battle, going to the fray was a better option than being caught between the two armies. However, that didn't change the fact that I couldn't even swing my sword. I decided that maybe my best option was to go through the horde. I turned to one of the boys who had a shield but no weapon. He was quaking his boots and gripped his shield with white knuckles. Here! I shoved the sword into his hand and he gave me a befuddled look. I wasn't quite sure what to do on the other side of the battle, but it seemed my best option. I considered maybe that if I snuck across the battle lines, I'd run into the barbarian king. Perhaps I could assassinate him and win the battle. Of course, in three lives worth of life, I hadn't actually killed anyone. Yet. I wasn't able to think of anything more strategic because Aurelicus cried out the orders to attack. I raced towards the horde. I was slow enough not to be the first person to make contact and consequently get shredded by an axe. I was quick enough that when a barbarian swung at me, I was able to duck the blow. Encouraged by my early success, I dodged and weaved through the battle. Most of the barbarians were large enough they could fit between their legs. I was small enough that I could move out of the way of an attack without putting myself in the path of another. The plan seemed to be working well until the tortoiseshell infantry arrived. They tore through the front line of the battle, killing friend and foe like that bastard Aurelicus was using us as a distraction. As a consequence, the fray was being shoved in the direction I was going. 
I pushed harder through the battle, almost getting impaled by a Roman spear and hacked up by a barbarian axe on more than one occasion. I had no choice but to keep going forward, as the Romans were killing everything in their path, leaving a field of bodies. Just as I was reaching my limit, I dodged the last ass and pushed through to the other side of the battle. I was free! Yes! There were archers! Crap! A hail of arrows rained down into the battle, and I just happened to be in the path of them. I stood there like a dumbass, and the volley made short work of the rest of the barbarians and planked off the shield of the infantry wren. One arrow pierced my neck, of course, and I collapsed in agony. Somehow I'd missed my artery. I was trampled moments later, and that did the trick. I could feel the blood pool around my neck. While well, I bled to death on the battlefield, I didn't think about the beauty of my surroundings, the glory of the Roman Empire, or any such happy crap. My thoughts were about the princess. I could see the smile she gave me right before the joust. It was as it was happening in that very moment. I, it might have been the blood loss, but I was happy to die thinking about my princess. If my theory about my existence were right, then I would be seeing her very soon. At this time, I wanted to be ready for her. That's when a teen about my age with a mop of dirty brown hair and a wry smile poked his head into my field of vision. Stabby! I'd forgotten all about him. I had so many questions for him. I attempted to speak, but the only thing that came out was a gurgle. He pulled out the long dagger from his belt, looked me in the eye, and said, We gotta stop meeting like this, bruh! He poked the blade right through my eye socket into my skull, and I was dead. At least now I'd get to me see my princess. Right? Alright, that is Orion. So uh, tune in next week for some more reviews, some more reading, and uh, more fun stuff. Alright, well, thank you so much for listening, and don't forget we have RPA on Mondays. I'm on Tuesdays, Terry is on Wednesdays, and Sandman's Lullaby is on Thursdays. And also, don't forget uh, all the wonderful movie programs, and you could watch the RPA app, or you could watch through your favorite podcast catcher, or you can go ahead and go to the website. Lots of ways to listen. Thank you so much for listening, and have a fantastic night, and watch out for those archers. <laughs>